Welcome to Dear Runner Bod, the pod dedicated to helping you embrace your runner's body. I'm Serena Marie RD, a registered dietitian and body image coach who wants you to stop dieting and start fueling the athlete within. While I am a medical professional, the information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure. Now, let's start rewriting your body's story. This week's review of the week is from Jane RW, and Jane said, Serena is truly the best. Every time I listen to Serena's podcast, I leave feeling inspired and empowered. It feels like chatting with the best friend you've known forever, an extremely intelligent, caring, knowledgeable best friend. Thank you so much, Jane. That literally like gave me goosebumps. That is the sweetest, (laughs) such a sweet message. And not only did your message um, just fill up my cup for the day, but it also leaving a review helps the podcast uh, reach more listeners. And obviously the message we are spreading is super duper important. So if you would like to be a part of the movement of spreading our message, take the five seconds, leave a review on podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts. And plus, uh, Jane, you get to now claim a free masterclass of your choosing. Send me an email or send me a DM so you can claim your prize. And you too can claim a free masterclass simply by just leaving a review. If you leave a review, you will be entered into a lottery each and every week to potentially win a free masterclass of your choice. So if you have 30 seconds to spare, would super duper appreciate you leaving a review. I'm super excited about today's guest, Betsy Slay. Betsy is a certified life coach through the Life Coach School and a level two certified running coach through the Roadrunners Club of America. She is a passionate lifelong learner. She is dedicated to becoming the next best version of herself and helping her clients do the same since 2016. Her life's motto is relentless forward progress. And when she's worked on a topic personally, you can be sure she'll be offering coaching on it in the near future. She's known for speaking her mind and for being a good listener. She's both inspiring and relatable. She has the expertise to be a credible teacher coach and the understanding of someone who's been there. She's never met a spreadsheet she didn't like and laughs way too hard making corny social media videos of her dogs. She calls Lakeland, Florida her home and is a proud wife to Danny, mom to Zach and Alana, and a doting grandma to Clara Jane. I am so excited about today's episode of Dear Runner Bod because we're here with my dear friend and life coach, Betsy Slay. Betsy was a longtime runner herself, previously was a running coach, and so she knows a lot about uh, runners, and today we're going to talk a lot about how it's really important for us to actually reconnect with our body because oftentimes runners are very in their head, they're calculating mileage, worrying about pace, and it disconnects us from our body. So we're going to talk about why it's important to reintroduce ourselves to our body. Betsy, hello there. Thank you for joining us. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be here. Yay. So Betsy, I guess like I want to get a little bit of your backstory before we kind of dive into today's topic. You were a running coach for a while and then you made the shift to life coaching. Like what kind of prompted that decision to change? Um, well, was really interesting, um, funny story. Uh, when I was, this was the same, this was the same year. So it was summer 2020, um, you know, not a lot going on outside the house. And so I took your 
um, your membership uh, course at the um, at the time, and then during right around that same time, um, I my sister-in-law was encouraging me to get involved in a business with her, and which I was really interested in, and she sent me a link to a podcast ironically. And it was um, an episode of the Life Coach School podcast with Brooke Castillo. And as soon as I started listening to it, like the business thing that we were talking about that I was listening to this for, like completely went out of my head. And I'm like, what is this? Oh my gosh. I This is like going to change my life. I ordered her book. I like started like figuring all this out because she, in this, in this podcast, Brooke talked about what she calls in in this their industry they call the model and it's a coaching model and it's really something you can run pretty much anything in any situation any circumstance anything in your life you can pretty much run through the model and kind of figure out what's going on and I was probably with so that was probably in August of 2020 and by November of 2020 I went to my husband and I said I want to become a life coach it's really expensive and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to do this because I am obsessed. And, you know, we, I was actually thinking about going through a certification in November, 2021. And he was like, well, that's a lot. Like, what if, could you, will it happen again? Will it be offered again? I'm like, oh yeah, it's offered all the time. So we made a dis- an agreement that in 2020, 2021, I would save as much as I could. And I estimated I could save about two thirds of the tuition. And um, then I would go in November, 2021 for certification. So I worked my ass off in 2021. I, you know, I was still a running coach at that time, very active running coach. I coached so many running clients, which was kind of crazy because a lot, there wasn't a lot of races going on, but I had more business than I had ever had in my entire like, several years that I've been coaching. Um, birthday money, that money, that stimulus money we got, everything went into this fund to become a life coach. I have never saved money before. It's kind of almost embarrassing to say, but I was, I was like a poor single mom for a long time. And this is the first time I ever actually had money, a little bit of money. And I had the desire to save for something. And I saved like 2000 more than I actually had to save. And in November, 2022, I signed up for coaching or for life coach school um, certification. And in May, um, I became a certified life coach. So that's that's it. Dang girl, I mean, hello. I am so impressed by you. That is incredible. And you know, like, like Betsy mentioned, like we had worked together. So I know how hardworking you are and dedicated you are when you commit to something and set your mind to something. Um, So I'm just like laughing of just like imagining you like, saving every nickel and dime and like consuming all the free content you can around life coaching. And I don't know, that's just so badass. I like, I love that so much. I admire that spirit so much. And you know, a spreadsheet was involved. Oh, I do know. Multiple tabs. (laughs) Yeah. When I was reading your bio, you had like mentioned that and it made me giggle. Um, You know, I kind of, I kind of just want to ask you this and you know if if I'm ever asking something that's like uncomfortable we can always just edit it out Betsy but like you had just recently like found food freedom that summer that you kind of decided to go all in on launching and I'm wondering do you think there was any like correlation between you know freeing up that brain space where you're no longer obsessing over food worrying about I mean obviously there's a little bit of that left right that we don't heal in three months but 
you had freed up so much space for not hating your body, for allowing your body the food it needed to feel energetic. Do you think that had any role to play in like now being able to like commit to this like dream that has like filled up your cup so very much? Yeah, I don't think that's a um, an accident at all. Um, I was I was on a real high after doing that work with you. And and when we did the work in, so it was 2020 that we did the work. I had actually started two years before that in 2018. I had started um, doing some work on my own with you know intuitive eating. And I actually kind of thought maybe I'll become an intuitive eating coach. That was kind of my first thought when I started learning about intuitive eating. Because coaching has like always been, that's just, I don't know. When I learn something, I want to teach somebody else. So coaching has been a very natural thing for me. Um, and around that same time that I started looking into intuitive eating, you popped back on my radar and I hadn't seen you, uh, you know, hadn't heard from you in a long time. I had used to listen to a podcast that you were on. That's how I first became aware of you. And then you popped back on my radar and you were very different. And I was like, she's not talking about macros. She's not, this is a really different message. And the reason you popped back on my radar is because I had probably been doing so many Google searches about you know, a body acceptance and intuitive eating and everything. And um, so I started following you again. And that's how I ended up taking this course. So I think there was a definite path. And I don't even remember why in 2018, I started doing that. But I was just so tired of just really, um, you know, watching every every single calorie I put in my mouth, you know, fitness pal was like my freaking Bible. And, um, and then I was getting hurt all the time. I was miserable. And I was just over it. So when that, that message started filtering in like, Oh, wait, there's another way. And then I found you and then I took your course. Yeah, it absolutely freed up the headspace that I needed to, it pushed me in like an, it just kept pushing me along that same trajectory. It, it just felt effortless. And Sometimes I, I'm like, I can be a real nerdy person and I can like, like if you give me, if you tell me I have to do a term paper for tomorrow, which by the way, that's pretty much when I did all my term papers in high school was the day before. And I always got A's. So I can do the work. Yeah. I wait till the last minute. This is a type of work. I do not procrastinate. I'm just voracious. And that's, yeah. I love it. Yeah. And you know, I don't want, I don't want to spend too much time talking about how food freedom fit fam like transforms people's lives although clearly we have Betsy here testifying I want to talk about Betsy's journey and what she teaches women but I just think it's really cool that I think almost every single um guest we have on this podcast starts her journey in diet culture and then she frees herself from it and pursues her passion in whatever it may be PT life coaching like whatever it is and so I, I just, I don't think that's a coincidence. I think there's a reason that we have to free ourselves from diet culture before we can go hard into these passions that really expand us. Um, okay, Betsy. So we're talking about like being disconnected from our body. And I kind of feel like if I were listening to this and I didn't really have a background in coaching and everything, I would be like, what are you talking about? Like, if you pinch me, I feel it. Like, I'm not disconnected from my body. Like, can you kind of explain, like, how would I know whether I am currently disconnected from my body as a female athlete? Yeah, that's a great question. If um, I, a lot of people say, well, like, my husband will always say, I'll ask him, you know, you know, how are you feeling? Or he'll say, he'll be upset. I'm like, well, how are you feeling? And he'll be like, well, I don't know. I don't have feelings. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> And, you know, and he's like, no, guys don't have feelings. They have boxes and they put, they put this in this box and this in this box. So, and that's a, that's the way that he chooses to think about it. And that's fine. But um, feelings, when we all, we could also call feelings emotions. 
So and emotions are simply a vibration in our body. All right. So I did not realize how disconnected I was from my body until I started to try and figure out my brain, so, which sounds kind of crazy. I'm just going to give you the real short version of this. But when we start, when I started learning about coaching, that, that, that aha moment I had with Brooke's podcast and ordered her book, it was called Self-Coaching 101. And um, so that's the way that you can, it's, it's her version of the model that her, her um, theory that you can use for yourself. And then of course, when we go through certification, we learn a whole nother layer of it to, to coach others. So um, I found out through this, uh, this first podcast and this book that, um, you know, I had circumstances in my life that I just, they were outside of my control. And, you know, we may not like that, but there are absolutely, there, you know, millions of them, um, you know, whether or not um, I, I am sick, if I have a cold, I mean, I might be able to take some action to get some symptom relief, but I cannot change the fact that I have a cold, um, you know, the, uh, terrible things that are happening, you know, like a war. I mean, these are facts that are happening in our world. So these are outside. Now, the way I think about it creates an emotion. That emotion creates, you know, causes me to act in a certain way and the actions that I take are the results that I get. So let's go back to that cold. I have a cold. That is a fact I didn't embellish it at all. I didn't say I have a terrible cold. I, you know, I just said I have a cold. And the way that I was think I might think about that is, um, you know, well, I hate, I'm, I hate being sick. It's, it's this horrible, um, you know, I don't have time to hurt cold. Um, you know, and I would just feel the emotion I might feel from thinking that way might be um, frustrated or, you know, I mean, putting off, you know, pushing away. And, um, or, or can I even interrupt you? Like, absolutely. I think a lot of times, um, athletes will be like, I have a cold, I'm not training. I'm not gonna be able to run my race. Like they like catastrophize. Right. So like, kind of like thinking from that perspective of like, yeah. how do we handle like yeah. that? Let's go with that one. So, you know, I, so I'm, I'm an athlete, I have a cold and my thought is this is going to absolutely ruin my training. And the thought, the feeling, the emotion that I get from that is panic. And in this panic, I don't trust my body. I push through. I keep doing the workouts. I don't take care of myself. I pretend like it's not happening. Um, I pretend like it's not a big deal. But it's that I, if I, like you said, catastrophize. If I don't get this workout in, then you know, I'm, I'm, my whole week is ruined. I'm going to have to double up. Whatever it is. And the result is oftentimes that you don't, you don't feel well. You're not taking care of your body the way you should. You may actually ruin your race. You may actually ruin your training because of the actions that you took based on that panic. That's the result. Okay. Now, mm -hmm. if you are an athlete who trusts your body, you have a cold, you might still have this, you know, I'm not going to say these thoughts aren't going to come up, but when you trust your body, you're going to think I have a cold. I need to take care of myself because it's very important for the training that I have ahead of me. And you're going to feel very um, you're going to feel more calm, more focused, more, more uh, trusting. And the actions that you take on that are going to be like, I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to, I'm going to take a day off from working out. I'm going to take some PTO if I need to. I'm going to take some medicine. I can, you know, talk to my coach. I can rearrange my schedule a little bit, but either way, you, the result is that that person who trusts their body, whatever happens in the training or the race, they're going to feel better because they know that they did what was best for themselves. 
and not what was what was best for in the moment for that panic of not trusting of just that doubt their, their results were based on trust not doubt and that's a really that. great example of an unintentional model and an intentional model so it's almost like when you go into this panic mode like why do we do that betsy like why is like like, you know, like we're all guilty of it. Like, why do we just like assume the worst thing in the world? My husband's going to leave me. If I gain weight, my husband's going to leave me. Like, if I get a cold, I'm not going to finish my race. Like, why do we do that? Why does our brain do that to us? Well, because we have, uh, we are humans with a human brain and our brains were designed to keep us safe. So back and a lot of the things that we face now are not life-threatening. For most of us, you know, 99.9% .9 of us getting a cold is not life-threatening. It could be something that might mess up your race, especially if you get a cold on race day. But in, you know, our brains were designed when it sent, when our brains sense danger, that they would alert us. So like a saber-toothed tiger is coming, you better run, you know, um, you know, you're, people don't like you. People are, you know, people are mad at you. You're outside of the clan. You're not safe because you're an outsider. Um, things like, you know, just getting scared in the dark. You know, if you're walking in the dark, there might be some scary things. Now, of course, when you turn the light on, you see it was your brother jumping out at you. You know, you, you know, then you're kind of, then you might be mad or laughing or whatever, but that fear was real in that moment because we are designed to react to things that might be danger. So when we think, when, when, so the most important thing in your life, if you're training for a marathon, might be doing everything you can to make sure you get that finish line, get that training done. And our brains have a portion called the reticular activating system. And they are the filter that recognizes patterns and thoughts. So if you think something long enough or you do something long enough, it says, oh, that's really important. So I need to make sure that I put that on autopilot so she doesn't have to keep thinking about that all the time. So if you have a thought like I can never miss a workout, I can never miss a workout, I have to get this training done or I am not going to finish this race, I'm gonna do terrible. Your brain is gonna think that thought is really important. And if anything jeopardizes that thought, like getting a cold and not being able to do your workout, your brain is gonna throw up warning, warning, danger, Will Robinson, if you don't, you know, forget the cold, you got to go run because you're not going to do this race. So when these things happen, you just have a normal human brain doing human brainy things. Yeah. And so like, but the, the human brainy things, it's like coming from this like place of like fear or negativity. And so it's like, it's like almost overreacting. Like, do you think that's fair to say? Like, it's not, it's not, it's, it doesn't sound like it's coming your brain. It's not coming from a place of like compassion and curiosity. Like mm -hmm. our brain, she's very like dramatic. It almost sounds <laughs> like she's like catastrophizing black and white thinking. And you know, whether it's nutrition coaching or life coaching, we know like black and white thinking is not going to serve us. So, so it's essentially what I'm hearing is it's this, this tendency to like I don't know if overreacts the right word, but that's what's causing this disconnection is that because your brain is like getting hyper fixated in all these thoughts that you're no longer connected to your body. Am I understanding that correctly? Well, um, yes. And we can bring the body in in a moment, but let me just kind of, let me just kind of do a little bit of, um, give a little bit more background on the brain science part of it. Please so do, yeah. Of, yeah. The part of the brain that is putting up these alerts 
is our primitive brain. And that's the part of the brain that keeps us safe. It's, it's the part, part of a brain that has reactions. Okay. And it just, you know, like you don't think about it. I mean, you know, like you hit the brakes, you put your hand out, you know, your arm out to make sure that, you know, the person next to you is not, you know, flying forward in the car, even when they have their seatbelt on, it's just a reaction. Our primitive brain is very reactionary. We have another part of our brain as human beings is called the prefrontal cortex. And the prefrontal cortex is where we do all of our higher level thinking and reasoning. And uh, like, so humans are the humans have this, like dogs don't. That's why I love it. It says that's why dogs don't have meanings. They're not planning. They're just doing whatever feels great in the moment or they're reacting to whatever has in the moment. But humans, we have this unique uh, privilege of being able to plan and reason. And so that's where it comes in is because we have, we get to notice that our primitive brain is throwing up these things like, Hey, you know, if you don't do that workout, you aren't going to do this race. You are going to blow it. And your training is going to be all for nothing. And then we have the, the reasoning, the prefrontal cortex. That's where we, our prefrontal cortex comes in and we can say, Hey, you know what? I hear you. You could be right. However, based on the information that I have, I'm not going to worry about that right now. I am going to listen to my body. And I'm gonna get this workout done. Now, where where the brain body connection comes in, and where it really made a big impact for me is, I really, my I, I never listened to my body. I just thought my body doesn't know what's going on. My body is like like does I just it, it's a thing that I have to um, tame. I have to ignore. I have to get under control and discipline because it doesn't know. My body doesn't isn't telling me the right things because it would tell me, you know, it's tired. It would tell me it's sore, all these things. It's sick. So when I first started understanding that when we have a thought and we have 60,000 a day, at least every time we have a thought, a chemical is released in our brain and that chemical creates an, a corresponding vibration in our body, which is an emotion. That's all emotions, feelings are, our vibrations in our body. When I started trying to understand what was going on in here, in my brain, I had to turn and in, tune into my body. And that was very uncomfortable for me because whenever I tuned into my body, I would almost immediately start crying because it was incredibly overwhelming because I hadn't listened to my body for so long that whenever I did tune in, especially at first, it would just like flood me with these emotions because it was just like, oh my gosh, we got to hurry up and get this in because she's, she never listens to us. So, you know, we got to get this in and it would be very overwhelming. And I used to actually pride myself. I used to have a lot of stress in my life, a lot more stress than I do now. And just due to some, some circumstances. And I used to pride myself about the fact that I could turn off my emotions and power through, but then they would kind of pop up at inappropriate times, you know, and then then bubble over. But I, that was always kind of a little joke that I had. What I didn't know is I was really hurting myself with that. It wasn't something to be proud of. It was something that was really very sad. And, you know, I wasn't allowing myself to feel in the moment because I didn't think that I could handle it. So I let it build and build and build until it just all bubbled over. And now when I start to notice something in my body, I pay attention. And it's not just, you know, it's not just a, you know, a, a twinge in my glute or, you know, my calf tightening up. I mean, it's anytime I know and noticing anything in my body, a lot of tightness. I have a, I, I had some anxiety is something I've dealt with my entire life. 
And uh, I'm sure there's no, no other runners out there that have anxiety. Yeah, you're <laughs> the only one. Definitely not me. <laughs> but now I know I have some red flags when I'm starting to, when anxiety is starting to kind of take over, I'm kind of letting it get, you know, get the upper hand and I'll be like, I'll feel very tight and anxious. And all of a sudden I'll just notice that and I'll just take a breath. It only takes 90 seconds for the, whatever chemical, if you have a thought that created a very strong emotion in your body, if you can take 90 seconds, even 60 seconds and just take some deep breaths and just really just let that work through your body and just let it just feel it. It's not going to kill you. It's just going to, it might feel uncomfortable. It might make you cry, but once you can let it go through your body, you can release it. It's kind of like flowing through you rather than getting stuck. And I was in a habit of getting all these emotions stuck in my body. And then they would, the top would blow over once in a while. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. I'm like, I just, ugh, I love this so much because I do know that, you know, using, controlling food, controlling your body, these are methods of like either numbing out or escaping from feeling sensations in the body. So even if you're listening to this and you're like, what is this life coach talking about? Like, I've never heard of this before. If you're somebody who spends a lot of time on my fitness pal counting calories, if you're somebody who over exercises to compensate for, you know, the food she's eaten, that's a sign that maybe you're not familiar with the sensations of your body. You don't know how to sit there and tolerate those vibrational emotions. I think this is so cool to think of emotions as vibration, Betsy. Mm -hmm. um, so I just want to kind of like, I, I, I want you to listen to this, even if you're kind of like, what, what is going on here? So, so Betsy, how does somebody know if she's disconnected from her body? Like, how do I get curious about listening to those, that sensation in my body, feeling that sensation in my body again if I'm, if, if I'm sitting here and I'm like, I don't understand what she means when she says she feels a twinge of emotion. Yeah. A couple different ways. I would say the first, the first way, um, is, is, um, less intentional, but it is something that you can work on. So if you start to notice, you know, like a, a emotion that feel, and especially, I mean, it can be any kind of emotion, but usually it's negative emotion that kind of comes up because we're not, you know, if we're happy and having a great time, you know, we don't stop and say, Oh, I wonder why I'm feeling that way. Right. So if we start to say, um, like, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about being on Serena's podcast, you know, or you know, um, maybe if I would have started worrying about that, I might've noticed that I might've started feeling some butterflies. The first time I ever spoke in front of a, an audience, um, I had the worst butterflies. I mean, my stomach was just, you know, so if I notice something and I'm kind of like, it's not like emotions that I'm trying to have, or maybe not like happy emotions, something that's a little bit, you know, it's got my attention. Just pause. Just take a few deep breaths and, and do what we want. You know, you may have heard this, you know, in meditation or yoga body scan. And you're just kind of, you know, kind of just start, you know, just take some deep breaths. And when you do that, when you pause and you take some deep breaths and listen, you're going to notice where you're feeling this in your body. You know, are you feeling like buzzy in your head? Are you feeling tight, you know, in your jaw or your shoulders? Are you feeling the butterflies in your stomach? Whatever it is, just notice and that. And then you can kind of think, what's going on? Just ask yourself, what's going on? First of all, ask what I'm feeling. What am I actually literally feeling in my body and what's going on? Now, the other way is more intentional. So, and I've, um, 
I've had kind of a spotty meditation practice over the years, but I've really, it's something now that I'm, I'm working full-time from home as an entrepreneur, I've added that as we walk the dogs first thing. And then I come back, sit in my office on my, on my couch and I do a 10 minute meditation. And I am just basically tuning in and noticing, noticing the thoughts that are coming, noticing the feelings in my body. And then if anything comes up, I'm taking note of it and letting it go and just kind of feeling. So I think that would be kind of tuning in. So when, when the first one would be when something happens, when, when you notice an emotion, when you notice a vibration in your body or something that comes up, tuning in. And then the other way is intentionally tuning in, but really tuning in. And like you said, with compassion is important and not judging it. So there's not like good emotions and bad emotions. I mean, there are because we can judge those, but only because when we have a thought about them, but noticing what we're feeling, what we're thinking and not attaching any kind of judgment to it. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's kind of that it's like a priorities thing. Like I think we all like, we make time to brush our teeth. We make time to fit in our run and it's almost like making time for 90 seconds to feel the feeling. And, and I, I don't want to say that, um, like reprimanding you. If you're like, Serena, I'm in the middle of a meeting. My boss is staring at me. I can't break into like tears. Right. Like, so Betsy, like, I guess I'm curious, let's say it is like a situation where like, you really can't deal with the feeling. Like you feel scared, but you have to like go up in front of a crowd and do a talk and you have to pretend you're happy and engaged in the crowd. Does it work? that Like, could I come home later and like, process that emotion like does it work that way like can you think about it later after the fact yeah i mean you you definitely could and um and, and it's actually a really interesting exercise to try to um create you know uh recreate maybe a feeling you know and you would think well what was i thinking and that's where you kind of can kind of reverse engineer it is you're like what was i thinking when i felt this way so you know if i have you know if i'm on the 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 starting line of my race and I'm, I'm feeling absolutely like, um, I'm, I, I, I just, I think I can't even, I can't do this. And I, I think I can't do this. And then I just start to feel sick. And that's what you start to, you get that. You might notice the sick feeling first. You might not even know what you were thinking, but you might have seen somebody who, you know, is faster than you, or all of a sudden you start doubting all of your training. All this stuff is going on in your mind. You might not even be aware with it. All of a sudden, you just might feel the sick, sinking feeling, and not you know think you can't do it. So yeah, it's um. Go ahead. I was I had I had another thought and I lost it, but that's okay. No, so it's almost like visualizing, like like before you get to the starting line, visualizing like seeing that person who's faster than you and intimidates you, oh. and like practicing that like feeling. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can definitely, you can do that. And now I know where I was going to go with that again. Um, yes. So later, you know, having, you know, uh, trying to recreate an emotion later, um, is possible. It's definitely, you're going to get the more true results and it's going to let you live your life in a more natural uh, way. If you can notice a feeling, you don't always have to stop and breathe for 90 seconds. Every feeling is not going to bring up tears. But like you said, in that meeting, if you start to notice this oversensing, overwhelming sense of, you know, emotion, this over, overwhelming emotion, you can take some deep breaths and you can allow yourself to be where you are and listening 
and responding. It's not an either or, it can be both and. And I think that, and you get better at it. I think it's the people, especially when you're not used to processing your emotions on a regular basis, you're more apt to or more afraid that you're going to have these emotions bubble over in, in public. And you know what? Sometimes they do. I mean, some of the best life coaches I know cry every time they they do a podcast or they you know give a speech because they are not afraid of their emotions. Emotions are they're just a like you said they're just a vibration in your body, and we learn to be to love them and not be afraid of them. We learn that they're just they're 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 our brain just telling us information. That's it. Yeah. And it's almost like, you know, and again, like I want to be respectful of not everyone who listens to this is going to be ready to like be the person who cries or whatever. Um, But I think something that's really inspiring that you just said, and we kind of like have briefly mentioned it, like, you know, your husband was trained that he doesn't have feelings like in our society, like it's frowned upon to start crying because then like you're weak and vulnerable. And I'm putting quotations there when I say that. Mm -hmm. Um, But how cool is it? that we can normalize the fact that like, yeah, sometimes I cry. Like sometimes I have tears of joy. Sometimes I frown and I feel really upset for a moment before I can move on with the next thing in my day. And like, if you are somebody like, I'm kind of raising my hand. I'm like, I'm willing to be vulnerable like that. Like, but you know, it took me time to get to this place where I've like been practicing things like that Betsy's describing. Um, But like, I think it's kind of cool to be that role model and like be that person who's like setting an expectation in society that like, yeah, as human beings, we're not robots. Like we have to process feelings and it's normal. And what a beautiful thing. Like, yeah, it's like, I don't know, like something about this word vibrational, like it makes me feel alive. Like I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's what makes you unique, you know, the way that, you know, your feelings and your emotions, like you said, we've been many of us have been socialized to stuff those down and it's not appropriate to show depend, especially depending on your culture. And, um, I think, I think it is beautiful and, and it is, it is a little awkward at first, but then, you know, once you, once you stop, I think as you learn to feel, you know, feel, and are you are more will, the more willing you are to feel however your body is feeling at the moment and not judge it, then you're not worried about how anybody else is thinking about it as well. Yeah. 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 And it's almost like practicing that compassion and curiosity. It's like, it doesn't let societal expectations affect you so much anymore. If you're approaching life with that compassion, yeah. really cool stuff. Ugh, this is so cool. Is there anything else that like, I don't even know to ask you that you're like, we need to mention, we need to talk about this today before we like finish up here. Yeah. Um. One thing, and I, I will be, I'll get the person wrong. So I'm not even going to mention, but there was an ultra runner that I listened to one time and he, and I, I did an, I did a number of ultras, uh, up, up through 2018. And I remember him saying that when, when he, people would ask, you know, how do you keep going through these hundred mile races or more when, you know, things start happening, don't you ever break down? Don't you ever have anything that hurts in your body? He's like, of course I do. He said, but what I do is I don't ignore it. I actually focus on it. And I found that so fascinating. Now at the time I was just like, okay, this is a great trick that I can use. So if I, you know, something starts hurting, I'm going to start focusing on it. But what he was doing was he was not ignoring his body. He was tuning into it. And when you, t- when you tune into it, it becomes lessened. 
when you ignore your body, that's when your body keeps put, you know, sending out signals, this hurts, there's danger, you know, there's a problem. But when you look at when you really, instead of closing your eyes, you know, covering your eyes and saying, la la la, there's nothing wrong. When you focus on it, it actually isn't as bad as you thought it was, it actually feels easier, or it's not as painful. And I just think that's like such a great parallel between for the body and for the emotions. When we focus on it, open our eyes, acknowledge it rather than hide from it or block it or ignore it. It doesn't hurt so bad. Hmm. That's really cool. I, I think I need to now like practice that, you know, like I'm like, I don't really even get what you're talking about. Like I do logically, but emotionally I'm like, or physically, I don't, I, don't, I can't feel it, but I'm definitely going to take that trick and, and run with it. That's really, really cool. Um, ugh, you know, <laughs> My clients are getting a workshop with Betsy next month. And I'm just like, so excited for everyone to talk to you and like ask you all the questions. Like, gosh, they're going to get a lot out of it. Um, So Betsy, we'd like to end this pod with um, asking every guest a question. Not enough women proclaim why they love their body. So I want to ask you, Betsy, why do you love your thought? Mm. Well... I truly appreciate that my body never gave up on me, even though I gave up on it over and over and over. I, you know, I, I heard it, I ignored it, I judged it, I blamed it. And eventually I started listening to it and I'm sure it was very thankful and it's a process. It's not something that is, I'm still doing it. I'm still learning and still listening, but I'm very thankful that it never gave up on me. That's beautiful. I love that. It's your friend. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, Betsy, so I'm going to have links to all of the ways people can find you in the podcast notes, but do you have, um, a, a, where can people find you if they want to work with you? How can they work with you? Just like, let us know how we can get in touch with you. Yeah, I think the easiest way is to go to my website, BetsySlay.com, B-E-T-S-Y-S-L-A-Y.com. And you can find me everywhere else from there. I'm on lots of different social um, networking sites and uh, even trying my hand at a, a couple um, TikToks and reels every once in a while and um, just having fun. But yeah, BetsySlay.com, you, you can find me anywhere else from there. And people can like do virtual coaching with you. Is that how it works? Life coaching is almost all virtual. Yes. So it's Zoom. Yeah. Yep. And I offer, I always have um, complimentary 30 minute sessions on my calendar. So if you're curious about life coaching, but you're not sure that it's right for you, you can go to my calendar. That's something you can find on my site. Set up a 30 minute um, session and just kind of get a little taste of what coaching is all about. And um, then you can decide if you want to go deeper. Yes, please do that. <laughs> do it. So, so worth it. So worth your time and energy. Thank you, Betsy, for teaching us today. This was so valuable and um, I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Dear RunnerBot. If you enjoyed what you heard, remember to subscribe and make sure you share today's episode. Also, if you're looking to download a free three-step guide to love your runner's bod, then head to serenamarierd.com. Can't wait to chat with you next week.